Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Our insiders are talking your teams. Sports 1280, New Orleans. Oh, yeah. I've got to wait. Not just till tomorrow. I've got to wait till Saturday. Big game coming up in Tiger Stadium, Death Valley, Saturday night. Nothing better than two top ten teams. Look, nothing against the 230 CBS games. It's just a little bit more special when it's night in Death Valley. And nobody knows that better than the voice of the LSU Tigers one, Chris Blair, joins us now. Chris, what's going on, man? Yeah, we are kind of waiting, man. Uh, we are waiting. I mean, this week has dragged along just so slowly. Uh, as everybody's looking forward to it, although I imagine uh, later on today, this evening, uh, you know, at least here in Baton Rouge, the tailgate is going to start. So uh, <laughs> they don't want to miss it just in case uh, things speed up on them on Saturday. You you did the uh, coaches show last night with Coach O. What's uh, what's kind of the vibe and the excitement? I mean, it sounded like it was a packed house there last night and just kind of feels like everybody knows this one's a little bit more special than uh, the last couple weeks. Yeah, it was packed last night. And, and you know, again, I... It's one of the things I have really noticed about Coach O this year, and that is, uh, you know, his his calm and collected, confident nature. Um, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of, uh, you know, as he said Monday, he kind of set the tone Monday. There wasn't a whole lot of gimmicks. I mean, he came in and talked about uh, where the strengths are for Florida, where they think they might be able to take advantage of things, and basically said if the Tigers go out and do what we're capable of doing, you should be okay at the end of the night. So I like his business uh, approach. Uh, to this game, uh, but for the fans, that's that's what it's. This is what this is about. So uh, yeah, they're having a good time, and uh, I imagine it's going to be pretty rowdy Saturday night around seven ten. It's funny, Chris, as I kind of dissect the numbers and look at everything. I mean, look, we know who LSU's played so far, and yeah, have they been really, really tested? I mean, the trip to Texas obviously was the toughest test, but you can only play who's in front of you. You can only play who's on your schedule. And to me, when I look at the offensive numbers, it says more about LSU doing what they do, not really who the opponent is. And I think that's what's important for them to do on Saturday night. And that said, man, just what we've seen out of Joe Burrow and this offense with Joe Brady and Steve Ensminger, I, to me, it's hard for me to see this this offense slow down at all, even with the pass rush and the challenges that Florida brings. But, I mean, is, am I crazy to think that LSU scores at least 30 points here? I mean, the, last week they scored the fewest points they have this season, and it was 42. So, in my mind, it would just be really hard to see that offense just completely getting bogged down this week. No, I agree with you. I think it, it'd be hard... Uh, you'd be hard pressed to to imagine where they're, they're shut down. I mean, could they be dropped below their average? Well, you know that's all possible. Um, you know, I think what's different this year, uh, and I hear the argument everybody talks about. Well, they haven't played anybody. They played one good team on the road. Well, Florida hadn't played anybody but one good team at home. So, right. um, you know, it, it's it's going to come down to what happens on the field Saturday night. Uh, uh, but I think because LSU has been able to do things. In a wide variety of ways offensively. And what I mean by that is they've been able to go vertical and stretch the field when they've wanted to. They've been able to run high speed, warp speed, high tempo, uh, 
offense uh, up and down the field. Uh, last week they were able to slow it down, not necessarily huddle, but they you know took their time, uh, had 41 minutes time of possession in that game, and you know ran the football for a season high over 230 yards. So you know I, I think that you know yes, Florida's got a great pass rush. They've got great linebackers. They got a very good secondary. Uh, but this isn't a freshman quarterback playing in this environment for the first time when you talk about Joe Burrow. Um, this isn't, you know, really your skill position players on offense. This isn't their first rodeo. Uh, I think the offensive line has been underrated. Uh, they've had to overcome uh, missing a few guys and not being able to rotate as many. But overall, I think they've done an excellent job. And I think depending on what uh, Todd Grantham, the defensive coordinator from Florida, wants to throw at them, I think what LSU's been able to show this year and hopefully it'll be able to come to the forefront Saturday night, is that you really got to pick your poison. So it'll be interesting to see, will they try to do four-man rush only? I mean, they only blitzed twice against Auburn last week. But again, you got a freshman quarterback out there and a team that really had troubles scoring the football. I mean, let's say Auburn's not an offensive juggernaut by any stretch of the imagination. Um, so are they going to blitz? Are they going to bring some more players, which, again, is going to give more opportunities for a group of receivers and running backs to, to catch the football? Uh, to me, it all comes down to not making Joe Burrow stay in the pocket for a long time. Uh, there's nothing more frustrating than the last three years watching LSU try to run out of the eye formation between the tackles, <laughs> and when that didn't work, go to a play-action pass and have Joe Burrow or Danny Etling drop five steps and look down the field. You cannot do that against the Florida Gators. That's not something offensively we've seen from LSU this year. So I certainly don't expect to see a Saturday night. And if we don't see that, and Joe Burrow can get rid of the football between two and two and a half seconds, I think Florida's going to be in a lot of trouble. Yeah, and it's funny because last week, and I think part of it was the coming off the bye week. I think part of it was the early morning start, uh, the 11 a.m. kickoff. But we did see Burrow, I think for the first time this year, just kind of looked, he was sailing some passes and didn't look as crisp. But I think by the end of the game, we everything settled in. They were able to, whatever, he had five touchdowns and, and everything was all was all good. But did you get that vibe that maybe they were a little kind of sleepwalking early in that, that game last week against Utah State? Yeah, I guess so, early on. I mean, we mentioned it on the broadcast uh, during the game that the two passes, not counting the interception that was semi-tapped at the line or, or by a linebacker, but it wasn't a good ball. But there were two passes earlier before that that may have been the worst two throws Joe Burrow has not only made this year, but all his entire two seasons here <laughs> at LSU. I mean, they were just completely off the mark, one of which it looked like he and the receiver kind of weren't on the same page, which we haven't seen that at all this season. So, you know, okay. Uh, maybe maybe they weren't as jacked up to come out and play uh, at 11 a.m. Uh, against Utah State. Um, I, hopefully that's what it is. I don't think it's a mechanic issue, obviously. I don't think it's, you know, Joe Burrow has just been lucky throwing the football and completing as many as he has through the first four games of the year uh, and then came on strong late in the game last week. Um, I, I think they're going to be fired up and focused, zero focused in on the Gators coming up uh, Saturday. And, you know, that's the other thing I love about Joe Burrow is he comes out, has really two bad throws, another bad throw results in an interception, uh, and then he goes on to have another banner day. And that's why you want a guy like Joe Burrow running your offense. 
Yeah, no, nobody is more critical of him than himself when guy has a banner day and goes, yeah, I think I could have been better. It's just crazy. Uh, on the flip side, though, Chris, we've seen Dan Mullen, for some reason, has given Dave Aranda fits at times with his scheme. Last year, we saw it in the swamp. They started running the option, and it just kind of was keeping the LSU linebackers off off tilt. And, you know, I think it was Micah Baskerville had to start in that game as a freshman, and they, they kind of took advantage of it. In, in this scenario... It feels like, you know, for the first couple weeks, we were kind of looking at the LSU defense going, man, they're missing a lot of tackles and not as crisp. I thought they cleaned all that up last week against Utah State, playing a really good quarterback in Jordan Love. And, man, they looked way more like the Tiger defense we're used to this past week. Yeah, I I would agree with you. I I think, you know, they made a concerted effort in the off week to to practice tackling um, because they really kept seeing the bad angles and bad footwork going into the tackle, not to mention the inability to wrap up. So, I think in the off week, Ted told me they had 126 tackling drills that they went through, and maybe there were one or two missed tackles uh, on the game against Utah State. So, uh, you know, they can't just forget about what they've worked on. They, they, they're going to have to tackle well against Florida. Um, but, you know, Dan Mullen, I think, you know, he gets a lot of credit for being an offensive genius and, you know, what he was able to do at Mississippi State so many times, uh, doing more with less, I think is awfully impressive. Uh, now he's down at Florida where he's going to have more at his disposal, but he inherited some guys that weren't necessarily uh, lined up for his style of offense. And you're always going to have a couple of wrinkles thrown in there because he's got an offense, frankly, that's fairly anemic, and they've got to find ways to, A, get the lead and sometimes come up with uh, unique ways to hold on to the lead. Uh, you know, P. Ryan last week for that 88-yard run was uh, the longest run since, you know, Emmett Smith went 96 <laughs> yards, I believe. Like in, uh, what was it, 1989, 1990, somewhere like that. I mean, it was kind of a phenomenal out of the blue play. Outside of that one 88 yard run, they only had two more runs for more than 10 yards in the game against Auburn. Right. They really don't have a running game. Um, so yeah, last year, I think that the option, I don't know if it caught Dave Aranda by surprise, uh, but it certainly was something that LSU had a lot of trouble with in that game. And even though it didn't score a lot of points, it just kept LSU's offense on the sidelines as they were able to just keep keep drives alive and converting uh, and moving the chains. They're not going to be able to do that uh, this week. I mean, Kyle Trask, if they stick with Kyle Trask, I mean, he's obviously a, a talented quarterback. He's completing about 72% of his balls, and he really won the game last week by throwing the football outside of that one run. Uh, but he's not very mobile, so I don't see a lot of option coming out of him. Now, they may go to the younger guy that saw some action while Trask was being tended to in the locker room. Um, but I, I don't know how many gimmicks that, that Dan Mullen's going to be able to pull out of the hat based on the personnel he's got because he's got a very young offensive line that hasn't shown much establishing the run, and his running backs haven't done much of anything, and he's got a semi-mobile quarterback. So, uh, you know, not saying he can't come up with something, but it, it's hard to see he's going to be able to do or replicate what they did a year ago. Yeah, it feels like you got to be ready for for everything in this one. Fake punts, fake field goals, something that Florida might have to pull out of their bag of tricks to to try to get some momentum going. Uh, talking with Chris Blair, voice of the LSU Tigers. We've had two games, two night games in Death Valley already, but you know it was Georgia Southern and Northwestern State. Nothing against those schools, but this one's just a little bit different with a top ten team coming in. I, I got to ask, what is your game day tradition, Chris, for a Saturday night in Death Valley? What time do you get up? What's your What's your Saturday going to look like? Well, this Saturday uh, is not too different from most Saturday night games, but because of the, the the giant magnitude of the game, I'm going to be getting up pretty early. I've got a couple of interviews on the East Coast I've got to do 
Um, so what I normally do is I'm up uh, and leave the house and head to uh, the stadium, usually between 10.30 and 11, uh, and that'll be the same. So I've got to get up and do a couple of interviews, I think, around 8, 9 o'clock, and then when those are done, I'm going to leave and, and make sure I'm at the stadium because I really do like to take in uh, the campus, especially with a night game and a game like this. I don't have any responsibilities, obviously, until uh, around 6.15, 6.30, Saturday night, but I do enjoy just, you know, you can feel it in the air, and uh, there's no place, there's no campus in America like LSU on a game day with a Saturday night in Death Valley and two top ten teams, so uh, I don't want to miss the opportunity to be there. Uh, Our guys crank up uh, with their programming at five. I'm usually over there to make sure they don't need anything, and we're up and running um, with Marlon Favorite, Brandon Taylor, and, and Hunt Palmer. Then those guys go for 90 minutes, and then I'll eventually, you know, find my way upstairs and and get ready for uh, for the broadcast uh, in the booth. But yeah, I'm not going to miss it. You know, with college game day there, it's going to be uh, an absolute uh, a circus in a in a good way. <laughs> and uh, so I'm going to get there as early as possible. Um, you know, with some prior commitments I've got to take care of. You got you got any intel on who the celebrity guest picker will be on game day? No, it's really interesting. I mean, a lot <laughs> of times you see this stuff sneak out. Right. Um, I'm not sure anybody, but maybe a handful of people, even if it's if it's been decided, maybe one or two people on campus know who it is, uh, and that's it. I mean, uh, everybody around yesterday and earlier today was kind of like, hey, have you heard something? You heard something? And everybody's kind of stunned at the fact that they haven't. So um, <laughs> that makes for another uh, Im- important mystery to be revealed uh, on Saturday or, or maybe sometime later today or Friday. I can't imagine this day and age of social media they're going to be able to keep it completely under wraps uh, before they start officially promoting it. But, um, you know, there's it, there's a ton of candidates to choose from. It'll be interesting to see who it is. Yeah, it'll be a, it'll be a lot of fun. Chris, I uh, can't thank you for enough for taking some time out, man. I'm sure uh, I'm sure you've got the, the honey and everything ready. Because, look, you've been having to call a lot more touchdowns this year, so got to keep those vocal cords fresh and ready to go for the, for the action on Saturday night. And uh, let our listeners know again, I know you've got the, uh, the weekly podcast that you've been doing with the, uh, with the opposition uh, play-by-play guy. Yeah, well, thank you for letting me talk about it, man. It's, it's something I've thought of over the summer, and I really wanted to do something different. Everybody's got a podcast. There's about a gazillion of them. Um, and so what I decided I thought I would have fun doing is, is talking. I usually have a chance to communicate with the opposing team's uh, play-by-play announcer before the, the game. And I thought, well, why don't I set it up a little more formal? Uh, they can give us the very latest that they've got, you know, midweek from their camp, any injury updates. Um, you know, what's been an emphasis from the coaching staff, kind of a, uh, a cl- as close to real-time update scouting report uh, on the opponent as possible. And then I take a little left turn, and, and we go into how they got where they are, and how they got into broadcasting, and who their heroes were, and what are their habits, what, what do they do on game day, uh, stuff that I learn and stuff that I think is kind of fascinating. So it's a, it's a little bit of football, and it's a little bit of behind-the-scenes, you know, college broadcasting. So, um this week I had a great conversation with Lee McGriff. Been a long time color analyst on the Gator Sports Network. Um, was a player there, was a coach there, uh, and now is on the radio. And he gives a really good scouting report on on what's really strong for Florida on both sides of the ball and where their weaknesses lie. And a couple of the things he reveals I hadn't really picked up on watching a couple of games this year. So it'll come out later today at three o'clock, and uh, you can find it on Apple Podcasts. You can find it at LSUSports.net. I'll uh, I'll tweet out the links uh, from my social account. So appreciate you letting me plug it. 
Absolutely. Chris, thanks so much for the time, man. Really looking forward to it. And, God, the, the anxiety's already building. I just want it to be Saturday night already. But thanks so much for the time, man. I really appreciate it. You and I both. Looking forward to it. Go Tigers. <laughs> Thanks, man. Chris Blair there, the voice of the uh, LSU Tigers, join us here on this uh, Thursday. And, man, it's uh, the anticipation is building. It's uh, it, we're, we're ready. As you heard there, he was doing the coaches show with Coach O last night. So there was a packed house there, and everybody's just amped up and get ready for this one, man. And it's uh, the good news is one more day to go. Got to get through today, and then it's Friday, and then... Game day will be here. It's the Chris Gordy Show. We'll grab a quick break. We'll come back, uh, wrap up our number. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.